Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, babe. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I'm your host, your ghost host. Just kidding. If you know, you know. I'm your host, Diana Jebbia. Make sure you're following me on TikTok and Instagram at Diana Jebbia. Hey, while you're there, show Believe some love to you at Believe Lifestyle and Believe Network. Always remember Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V. How you doing? Um, you can probably tell by the sound of my voice that it is allergy season here in uh, California and I think everywhere, TBH. Um, I checked the the pod the podcast. I checked the podcast count. I checked the pollen count like two minutes ago and it it literally was like very high. It might as well have just said you're all fucked. So please forgive me for the scratchy voice. We're going to grin and bear this together. Um, all right. Couple reminders before we spill some Bravo tea. I am going to Coachella this weekend. Weekend two. I'm only going Saturday and Sunday. Thank you guys so much who went for weekend one for warming it up for me. You know, keeping the seat warm. I'm very excited. This is my first Coachella. If you want to follow along with all the fun, follow my Instagram if you aren't already. I have no idea what I'm in for, and I think that's going to make it even more exciting. Like, we're all navigating navigating this desert together, and that my friend is a beautiful thing. How about we spill some Bravo tea? What do you say? I say hooray. Okay. Today we had a really big one and I want to do some timeline for you. I'm probably going to drop this podcast on Friday because that's how it's been lately and today is Tuesday. So if it's not lining up chronologically, which it won't, that's why. But today, Tuesday, uh, we had some very, I don't want to say unexpected. It was kind of unexpected because we didn't know she actually was going to do this, but it wasn't because, like, look at their marriage. But um, Ashley Darby announced that she and Michael are separating. Um, she wrote her little statement to The Daily Dish. This is from Bravo.com. Almost eight years ago when Michael and I said I do, we anticipated sharing every single day together from that moment forward. Unfortunately, that's not our current reality. We have decided to separate. We are aware that there will be many speculative views as to why we have made this decision. People will be quick to assume that the causes were too much intrusion by reality TV into the most personal parts of our lives, age gap issues, cultural problems, or child-rearing differences. Pieces of all these may have affected our pure love for each other, but no one reason is the root cause of our mutual decision to go our separate ways. We are now both at very different stages in our lives and have different goals for our futures. We both want the other to achieve true happiness and fulfillment and feel that we cannot do this together. While our romantic bond is broken, we will always love and respect each other. We also know that true happiness can only be achieved by continuing to work together in putting our hearts and souls into raising our two beautiful boys, Dean and Dylan. They will always feel loved and supported, for they were truly created out of love. As this is a personal matter for us, we appreciate everyone who has been part of our journey and ask for your continued support by respecting us as we go through this emotional situation. So, that was a lot. Um, couple things right off the bat with our statement. It's going to be hard for her to request privacy throughout all this because Potomac is filming right now, so I don't know if we'll have 
seeing the decision happen on camera or if it's something like they come into the season and it's like Michael and I decided to get a divorce and then we kind of watch it unfold that way. So interested to see that. Number two, she said people will be quick to assume that the causes were too much intrusion by reality TV into the most personal parts of our lives, age gap issues, cultural problems or child rearing differences. TBH, nobody's assuming that. We're all assuming it's because Michael couldn't remain faithful, which maybe that's what she was alluding to, but allude better. Uh, Samaj actually replied to my story because I did post this in my story today. I think this is the first unanimous poll I've ever had. Uh, yeah, it's the first unanimous poll I ever had. So I posted the story and then the options were boy bye and thought they would make it. And all 29 of you who voted, this could go up in the next day, uh, voted boy bye. So unanimously, they didn't think they would make it. Samaj did respond saying he could see Ashley kind of going back and being like, we decided to work it out. I can see that happening, but for her sake, I really hope it doesn't happen. I was a really big Ashley fan season one. I don't hate her now. My view on her has kind of lessened just because of everything that Michael has gone through with the, um, the alleged What's the word I'm looking for? The alleged harassment. I was going to say molestation, but I didn't know if that was the right word. Harassment. We say alleged because obviously until there's a court of law, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But I didn't like how she backed him up on that. And it was just very bizarre. I'm glad I won't have to see another one of their sex scenes on TV because it's just unbearable. They were the most unlikely couple. And I think she'll shine without him. I really think this is her time raising these two beautiful boys. I could totally see her. She's still very young, meeting someone else who's more her speed, more hip. Not that age differences are necessarily a bad thing because they aren't, but these two are clearly on two different planets. So it'll be nice to see her with someone who's more aligned to her stage of life. And I could definitely see see her having another kid with um, whoever knew she meets if that were to happen. All right, another piece of news, which this is more a rumor that I wanted to discuss. Uh, a lot of people sent me from Bravo and Cocktails. They have like a Dumois type anonymous submission page, this submission. And before I talk about it, I want to make it clear I'm not showing any hate to Bravo and Cocktails. They have a great page. I'm just saying, which I'm going to go into a little bit later, like, when people post anonymously and people submit anonymously, that leaves room for people to make up stories. It's just human nature, and I don't place any blame on Bravo and Cocktails about that whatsoever. So this person submitted. They were at Coachella, and they saw Tom Schwartz and Raquel boldly holding hands and making out. Seems like Peter was definitely for optics, which there was a rumor that Raquel and Peter were dating. The comfort level between these two wasn't a first-time hookup. I'm shocked. Didn't grab a picture, but I'm sure someone did. Dot, dot, dot. Which, to be honest, you're full of shit. Um, sorry. So my voting options were, well, the question was, do you buy it? The voting option was not even with a coupon. That got 38 votes, and five of you do buy it, which is interesting to me. I'm not buying this. Here are my reasons why. You don't have to agree with me. I just recently saw an article saying that Tom Schwartz is still wearing his wedding, his wedding ring to Katie. He's not ready to take it off. 
we can argue that he hasn't been the best husband. There has been infidelity multiple times throughout that relationship. So what would make a difference now if he's getting divorced from Katie and kind of like he can do whatever he wants? I just don't see it happening that way with the way he spoke about this divorce. The way the divorce played out to me, it seems like he was suddenly like his infidelity and his instances of not being a great husband caught up with him and now he's mourning that loss so I really don't think he would just be in in everyone's eye he wouldn't be just in everyone's view at Coachella a very public place with someone who is a co-star on his show who is friends I mean I don't know if Katie and Raquel really have like the best friendship but they were friendly this season, so they're friends. I don't think he would be going out and about in public with someone who's that close to his ex-wife, another castmate. It just doesn't seem right to me. Also, Raquel having gone through a major breakup. I don't know. It just seems like whoever sent in this anonymous quote tip, end quote, they were like, oh, here's two single people on Vanderpump Rules. This will definitely get submitted if I put it this way. How can I work this to my advantage? And of course they added, didn't get a picture, but I'm sure someone did. Guess what? Nobody else got a fucking picture because we haven't seen any. Okay? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I will keep an eye out at Coachella next weekend. I don't know if they'll be going to both weeks. Do people go to both weekends? Because it is the same lineup. Both weekends. I don't know. Little sidebar about Coachella. It was so weird. Like, I feel like everyone has been telling me Weekend 2 is so much better than Weekend 1. Oh, my God. Um, the people are better. There's, like, it's like the dress rehearsal has already been taken care of. No annoying people. People are really there for the music. And meanwhile, literally every person I've seen who would be cool to run into has gone Weekend 1. But I guess that might be what people mean by people are really just there for the music. And that's why it's better. So we'll see. I am very much there for the music. I'm so excited to see Billie Eilish again. Phineas, I'm very excited for. Monoskin, Doja Cat. Poor Doja Cat. I know this isn't a music podcast, but man, talk about like mental health and it playing a huge part in your life, no matter where you're at in your career. Sometimes people think that once you get the job or the boyfriend or the money that your problems will be taken care of. But Literally, Doja Cat is at the top of her game and she's quitting music altogether when she fulfills all her obligations because she didn't like the way she was treated. I think it was at a meet and greet or something like people were having too many expectations of her. It's just sad, not judging her like I don't mean it. it's like, oh, it's sad she quit. I mean, this is sad that the, that's the world we live in and we can't bother to respect people and we think we're entitled to people just because they put themselves out in the public eye. I understand when people go out of their way to be nasty like if you want to get annoyed at that fine but I don't know she just doesn't strike me as that kind of person but anywho that was all the Bravo tea I really wanted to spill before I get into summer house I'm gonna do kind of another check-in I'm so sorry again my allergies are just not my voice is not up to par tonight and talking is becoming a little bit tiresome I just watched the Real Housewives of New Jersey and this is now the second Real Housewives show in two weeks where the producers were like, you know what we need? The housewives singing. And it's like, you know what we don't need? 
the housewives singing. My theory about how all this came to be. You know how in the past we've had Luann, Melissa, Simon Van Kempen, that's a stretch, Kim Zolciak, you know, they put out songs and they weren't the best, but we appreciated them for what they were and we thought they were comedy and we're like, damn. I bet on Twitter somebody was like, oh, I miss the old Bravo days where they'd write bad songs and it was just so entertaining to watch them sing. And I bet the producers were like combing through the Housewives hashtags, saw a comment like that and were like, you know what, Stacey, you know what we got to do? We need these housewives to sing. And like Stacey was like, Jennifer, none of them have talent. Maybe one of them can kind of carry a tune in a bucket the size of Guam, right? But none of them have talent. And Jennifer was like, Stacey, I'm telling you, I got for Orange County, we're going to do a rock band and it's going to be great. And then for Jersey, why not make them country? Because when I think Jersey, I think cowboy boots, said no one ever. They really lean into the whole Jersey, um, the whole cowboy thing this episode. Like even their stock music was country. And I'm like, just stop. This is so anti-Jersey. It makes no sense. But they ended up putting out two of the worst songs I've ever heard. I have to say the um, the Orange County one wasn't as bad. I don't even remember the name of it because it's been a week. But it was some sort of rock song and it's kind of like, I do what I want when I want. I don't remember. But it, it was more like, yeah, me, attitude, whatever. And it was kind of cute to see Shannon rocking out and embracing her inner rock star. She was having fun with it. Heather DeBro pissed me off, but she just like moves and I get pissed off. She thinks she's a lot better of a singer than she actually is. I'm sorry. And everyone else was kind of doing their own thing. So that was that was fun. But I wouldn't buy that song. And then the lady drama. Oh, my God. Worst song I've ever heard. That was the Housewives of Jersey in Nashville. Can we talk about the guy? So for those of you who haven't watched that, which like, why haven't you? They went to this recording studio in Nashville and there were some writers there that helped them write a song. Fine. So. They're all brainstorming, which was kind of cool to see, like, the songwriting process. And Jackie or Marge says, let's mention something about plastic surgery. And that's where Jackie says fake lips. And the guy, you could tell he was so excited. He's like, we got fake lips, fake tits, but our hearts are pure. Like, oh, my God. I remember looking at the TV being like, what the hell did I just watch? I don't know what to compare it to. It sounds like. Some sort of a song you would hear on Barney if Barney were for middle-aged women. And I'm not insulting Real Housewives fans because I'm not a middle-aged woman. But like the lady drama, it was just so bad. And it's going to be stuck in my head forever. It kind of sounds like, do you know what it sounds like? Here comes Peter Cotton's tale. Lady drama. Oh my God, I'm delirious. That cough drop I just took went straight to my fucking cerebral lobe. Anyway, that's all I wanted to get at. Dear producers of Bravo, no more singing, okay? Before we continue, I want to talk a little bit about Noom, okay? Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. Now, a lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. 
Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom Weight uses a psychology-based approach that adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards a goal at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Let's get into our summer house check-in, um, Soup's Brief. The only things I really wanted to hit up on this episode, number one, Lindsay, still unbearable. I feel like I've hit a bunch of nerves by saying that, but I don't care. That's just my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. It's fine. The way she's treating Ahmed and she calls him up and she has every intent of having a decent conversation with him and then she just blows up on him. The hurt that is coming from that and the wounds that are screaming from that, it is difficult to watch. And I see that with love, not judgment, because I have been in her shoes, too. And I think that's why I'm so triggered, for lack of a better word to say, about all of this, because it's difficult for me to watch her make all these mistakes. One interesting thing that Carl brought up, he said he thinks that Lindsay is dating all the wrong guys and kind of gave a look. I don't know if that was shot after they started getting together or if he had feelings for her. But again, I know I've said this before. I don't understand the Lindsay and Carl dynamic, especially with the way that she spoke to Ahmed these past two episodes now. Someone like Carl is an example of someone who's done all the self-work, has made great strides in self-growth. And for someone like Lindsay, if she were to blow up on him like that, it just wouldn't be a match. So maybe she has done the self-work. But I truly just don't see it. We'll have to find out next season. Number two, Paige's segment on entertainment tonight. I don't center court chic. Nobody's dressing like we're going to go play tennis. Okay, I've tried playing tennis once. Fun fact, when I was in fifth grade and I went to a tennis summer camp And I wasn't good because, spoiler alert, I'm really not good at sports. And I remember the counselor tried to move me in with the younger kids and take me away from my friends. And I got mad. And he's like, well, you're not the right level. I'm like, sassy me. I was like, I don't care what level I am. Like, I'm not trying to be a tennis pro. So we moved me back with my older friends. I don't know. Damn. I wonder how I turned out the way I turned out. Just kidding. Yeah, nobody's dressing like that. I saw... A lot of people in a discussion group I'm in kept posting like, well, Paige, it's literally called, is it a fit or is she skinny? And they were just trying to say that the people in those clothes look good because they were skinny. And I understand what they were getting at, but I also think that's like a harmful message to put out there. I don't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And I didn't like the tennis outfits. And I don't understand how some influencers just get all these TV opportunities handed to them. I'm going to be salty for a quick second. I know that's the way of the business right now, but it just like blows my mind, especially and this could have been editing. But when she started, she was like, um, and I'm like, that's not how you start off a segment. You have a prompter right there again, could have been editing. 
But I don't know. I think she could get better. She needs to tighten up some loose ends here and there and maybe just ditch the tennis outfits. What are we going to have next? Referee. Referee Rad. We had center court chic. Are we going to have referee Rad? Please don't. Don't get any ideas. I'm going to log on Paige's Facebook or Instagram rather tomorrow and it's going to be like, like my black and white striped top with my black booty shorts. Referee Rad. I'm going to be like, no, I started a thing. Okay, number three, and perhaps the most important part of this whole episode, the dinner. Actually, number 2A, before we get to three, sorry, 2A, the prenup discussion. This is another example of Bravo thinking we're idiots. There is no way they're, what, two weeks away from their wedding and they still haven't had the prenup discussion with her parents? I'm sorry, there's just no way. And on camera two, bullshit we're not dumb I hate it when channels try to make it look like we're not really paying attention or like yeah we could pull this one over them they'll never be on to us one network that in my opinion allegedly this isn't fact is famous for doing this is we tv or yeah it was we tv I don't know if they still own the the Kendra or if it's Lifetime now, but Kendra Wilkinson, the girls next door, she had her own show called Kendra on Top. That show was terrible at like setting up situations and making us think or them thinking that we believe they just fell into things. And they recently did it with Kendra Sells Hollywood. It's on Discovery Plus if you haven't seen it. I love a realtor show. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so cute. And it's Kendra. Meanwhile, she's acting dumb. She's like, this is my first day of selling houses when literally she posted on Twitter back in 2020 that she had gotten her license and signed right away with the agency, Mauricio's firm, firm, realtor group. That's it. And then on the show, she's like, I've never sold a house before and I'm signing with Douglas Elliman and this is my first day ever of selling a home. I hope I do this open house right. And I'm like, bullshit. You literally have a bio on the agency's site they took it down but she did so I hate when networks do that to us it's like we're not stupid there is no way they were just having this prenup conversation for the first time another thing that took me aback a little in this prenup conversation was they tried to edit it like the father was gonna have such a problem with Kyle recommending a prenup and in my humble opinion I knew he wasn't gonna have that issue because it's the smart thing to do to get a prenup because I don't think Amanda realizes but she can shape it to her own way right she wants half of lover boy is she gonna get half if they make a prenup probably not I'd say closer to maybe like 25 30 percent she did design the logo but if they were to get divorced she could ask for half and then only get 10%. And then it's like if she had created the prenup with 25 to 30%, she would have gotten more money out of it. It also could work for Kyle's advantage because same thing. If they were to get divorced and he's like, I don't want her having any of lover boy, she could end up getting half when if they would have just predetermined it, she would have gotten what? 25 to 30%. That was money used in the example. So really wasn't shocking to me that the father was okay with all this. My biggest question in this whole scene is why did they not eat the whole slices of wedding cake that were offered to them to sample? Like, it's sitting right in front of you. It looks delicious. Why not? I digress. Okay. Most important part of the episode, the argument at dinner. Kyle is being a huge baby. I don't even want to get into everything else. There was a lot to unpack. 
with Lindsay and then Amanda crying, but Kyle kind of just stole the show. So that's really what I want to focus on, particularly the lawsuit. He says he's under a lot of stress. He's in debt, presumably, presumably in debt. I'm thinking it has to do with business expenses. So it's not like he's permanently in debt. Loverboy is making a profit. So I assume he is paying off that business loan if that is what he's incurred. But he also said he's got some lawsuits going on. So that was our first time hearing about it. I did a reel on Instagram and TikTok about this. There were two lawsuits with the timeline. It seems like this one lawsuit was what he was referring to. So there is a beer distributing company or a liquor distributing company called Night Shift. And they sued Loverboy for compensation for termination without cause. So all that means is they felt that Loverboy ended their contract. If they had a contract, I'm not really sure. Just fired them without cause and they want their money that they were promised. So that lines up with the show dates because... That lawsuit went out March 22nd, 2021. The show was happening summer 2021. And I think it got wrapped up and dismissed November 2021. So that's one. But it's also not Kyle's first rodeo with a lawsuit. I did find another one. There was a trademark suit back in 2020 with Moz Eisley or Moz Eisley LLC. It's also the name of a Star Wars land. I guess that's what they named their production company after. I kind of find it funny that ironically they're suing for trademarks. I'm really not sure how that works. But anyway, in I looked at the docket for that and their DBA doing business as was Loverboy Inc., which is also Kyle. So I think there was a bit of a dispute over the name that was also dismissed. It looked like from the docket that the Mose Isley people were trying to open up a coffee shop or a bar or something with the Loverboy name that also looked to be settled. Someone um, on TikTok pointed out, you know, it's not uncommon for entrepreneurs to get into lawsuits like this. And I totally agree. Like it just comes with the it's the nature of the beast. But when it comes to that business, it's just interesting the way they drop the news on us this episode. It really is like we never heard a peep about it. And then all of a sudden he throws it out of the table. It feels almost like it was a deflection. And like, woe is me. I'm getting married like this is and I have all this debt and I'm under a lot of stress. So. Here's my reason for being a dick. Like it doesn't work when Lindsay doesn't and it doesn't work when you do it either, Kyle. I think we're approaching the season finale of Summer House. I think it might be next week. Very interesting season. It didn't exactly unfold the way I thought it would. We still got a lot of Kyle and Amanda drama in there, which I appreciated. Lindsay was very difficult to watch especially with the whole Austin thing. So with Sierra, you know, fan favorites were made fan not favorites. Paige, honey, we might need a break there. It's not not a good season for you. Keep Andrea around. Keep Luke around. Keep Maya back around. And Alex needs a do-over. I went into that in my last episode last week, which a lot of you didn't agree with me. I'm surprised. Give the guy a chance. Try him. You'll like him. All right, I think I'm going to end it here just because I physically cannot speak anymore. So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. Please, I cannot beg you enough. When people get mad, 
at something I post, they tend to go to the podcast page and rate it one star, which like, come on, there are better things to do with your time. And I'm not saying, look, it could have been someone who really doesn't enjoy the podcast. If that's the case, please, I like my DMs are open. Let me know what I could do better. But the way a shady series of events is just lining up, usually like when there's an issue, someone goes and rates it like one star. So I, I'm on to you folks. Go ahead, review it five stars. That way I can get my 4.9 rating back. I would appreciate it so much. Advertisers really look at those ratings. Bravo Liberties really look at those ratings. So it just helps me put out a better product for you. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Diana Jebbia. Remember Coachella this weekend. I'm so excited to share that journey with you. And follow Believe Lifestyle and Believe Network, BLEAV. And I will talk to you next week. Hopefully the pollen will shut the fuck up. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.